All right, well, we want to welcome you to the Going Places podcast. Today is, I believe, episode 54. Uh, Cameron Clark here. Daniel Price. And, uh, you know, for the past few weeks, kind of off and on, we've been covering some different topics as we get closer to uh, this fall's midterm election. And uh, whether that be on the local level, on the federal level, with, you know, people in Congress or what have you, we have been covering all the different elections. and one thing that really plays close to home for us here in Cherokee County is we had a state house seat that has come open. So um, we uh, had six candidates we coupled. We had, uh, you know, we moderated the uh, final candidate form a couple of days before the election. And that's something we've coupled well. Uh, as I believe I did mention on the podcast the week after the election, uh, Brian Lawson did win the Republican primary runoff and uh, he's someone I've gotten to know over the past number of weeks and talked to him and uh, he's here with us today Brian Lawson thank you for being with us thank you for having me today yeah so um where are you at right now in kind of the stage of you know the campaign process and you know coming off the victory where is all that at yeah so right now obviously I am the Republican candidate for the house 30 seat Uh, we have to wait for the November election to take place for it to be official and to actually take office. Uh, I have been contacted by some of the folks in Columbia. Uh, the Speaker of the House is actually doing a luncheon next, two weeks from now on a Thursday. Uh, I'll actually be on vacation and unable to attend that, but uh, but I have been in touch with some folks from down there. And like I say, we're just kind of waiting since I don't have opposition in the November election then, you know, barring some write-in campaign, then it's just kind of procedural and we'll take office the day after that election. All right. So what kind of started you, or what kind of inspired you to take this campaign back many months ago? So, you know, I've I've mentioned this before, but I've done some work with the South Carolina EMS Association on the legislative committee, and uh, that got me interested and done some work with Representative Dennis Moss, uh, House District 29 rep. And that kind of got me interested, and so I began to think about, you know, the future and maybe getting into politics. And so when I found out that Representative Steve Moss was not going to uh, run for re-election, obviously that sparked my interest. And when the uh, redistricting came up and they added uh, the Chesney and Mayo areas of Spartanburg County, uh, even though I live in Chesney, I do live in Cherokee County. Uh, but I do know a lot of folks on the Spartanburg County side. Uh, so that happened and then some, some other things and everything just seemed to line up. And so I decided that I would run for the seat. I was the first to announce. So obviously, as everybody knows, uh, there was five more that came after me that announced. And so it was a, uh, you know, it was a pretty hard campaign uh, with that many people in it. We had to work hard. But uh, we, we worked hard, and in the end, we, we won the Republican candidacy. So that's kind of what inspired me. And like I say, now we're just waiting on November. Great. So barring any unforeseen crazy circumstances in November, when you do take office, what is going kind of, to kind of be your uh, first kind of steps that you take as far as, you know, yeah, like so so like I say, I have I have actually spoke with the Speaker of the House. I talked to him the night of the election. He actually called me uh, the night of the runoff. And so 
they actually have a, they have some activities they're going to do in August, which they normally uh, typically they they don't invite folks that that haven't taken office yet. However, uh, the ones that, that don't have opponents in November, uh, they said they may invite some some of the, us to that. Uh, and then, of course, after the after the November election, there will be an orientation, and of course, we'll be in. There's about 20, 25, I think, that's going to be what's going to be considered the freshman class. Uh, so we'll we'll have a lot of orientation, and of course, you know, I, I already know uh, obviously Dennis Moss very well, the House 29 rep. I know a lot of the uh, rep representatives from Spartanburg County. Uh, I actually have met uh, Speaker of the House, which is Merle Smith. Um, Davey Hyatt out of Pickens is going to be the uh, House Majority Leader this time. Uh, I've met him. So I, I know a lot of the folks down there and, and uh, I actually talked with Steve Moss. Uh, we had a very lengthy conversation one night this week. So he's offered his support and his help, you know, anything that he can do or, or help me with, he's offered. So, um, you know, I just look forward to getting down there and getting started. Well, that's great. So when you talk about, you know, making those different kinds of, you know, relationships with who's going to be, you know, your colleagues in the House and, you know, in the legislature in general and stuff like that. Um, would you say that, you know, something that I've definitely experienced and just kind of my very, you know, minuscule short time and kind of involved in those things, would you say that networking and making sure that you have a good reputation with people, good connections with those people are very helpful in that system as well? When you're oh, trying yeah, to get definitely. Stuff done? Definitely. I think that's, that's very important. And like I say, you know, fortunately, I've, I've been able to build those relationships over the, the last couple of years doing the legislative work with the EMS Association. And, and uh, like I say, you know, on election night, I had probably a dozen representatives at least call me. Uh, and, and, you know, over the last few weeks, you know, probably a dozen more. So so I've already made a lot of connections with those folks. And, uh, and you know, obviously when you uh, when they know who you are personally, then, you know, they're, they're more likely when they know... They kind of know what your reputation is, and you know they they they'll be, I think, more willing to work with someone that they already kind of are familiar with. Right. Uh, you know, we talked about it was a very difficult election, I think, for all the candidates. But uh, you know, there were some you know specific issues that were really focused on. One being, you know, whether it be the Second Amendment issues, gun rights issues, you know, uh, medical marijuana was a big one. But at the same time, you know, things that really apply to South Carolinians at home in District 30, uh, you know, infrastructure is a big one, you know, fixing our roads, um, whether it be, you know, the school system, education. Out of all these that you ran on, which, you know, all of these were issues, you know, mm -hmm. uh, with Roe v. Wade being overturned, and, you know, uh, we get to, you know, the heartbeat, I believe the heartbeat bill is in effect right now. I think there's been some talk about going further than that. Uh, what would you say, out of all these issues, when you really get into office, what are you most ambitious about really taking action on, or at least contributing to do something yeah, on? I think as far as the the, uh, the heartbeat bill and the abortion laws, they're actually, you know, they had a committee meeting last week. John McCravey out of Greenwood, a representative from Greenwood, uh, he actually chaired that, that ad hoc committee. and. Uh, and I've actually talked. I've talked with John the, the night of the election as well. So um, I think that, that most of the abortion laws they're going to try to handle before we get to session. They actually, you know, they can go back and, and work on that now. And uh, so I think I think that that may be done 
uh, you know, before before January. If not, then that'll obviously be a big one. But uh, you know, like we all said many times, I mean, road seems to be. If you put, you know, if you talk to everybody in Cherokee County and really everybody in South Carolina, it's not just Cherokee County, but really, the, you know, the upstate. Uh, but if you talk to everybody, roads and and I've already, uh, I, I talked to Senator Peeler this week. Uh, we we discussed some things about roads. I actually talked to Philip Gibson today, who is over the Cherokee County Road Committee. Uh, so I mean, I've already kind of you know started started working on figuring out what what we may can do to address that and senator peeler being over the finance uh, committee being the chairman of the finance committee uh assured me yesterday that they had a uh, they had put more money into the roads this year than they had either in a long time or maybe even in, even ever so uh, you know he said his goal was to, to to not have a pothole in cherokee county so that would be a, if we could if we could make that happen that'd be awesome i think so yeah that's something that you know you always hear people talk about that. You know, I think some people may think that's kind of a boring issue to kind of talk about. But, you know, especially with me, as I'm starting to drive, I'm realizing that's kind of an issue as well. You know, you get on the roads and you have some roads that are, you know, for the most part, perfectly fine. And then you'll have some back roads and those potholes everywhere on. It's, you know, box everywhere on. Yeah, and I think one thing, you know, obviously it's a safety issue as well as, you know, those things can damage the cars, they can damage tires, they can they can make people wreck. Uh, yeah. And I know, uh, it's actually funny, I... There's a golf course I play in North Carolina, mm-hmm. and when we go there, I live just right down the road. So when we go, it's uh, you hit the state line, and then it's just perfect, just a nice, smooth paved road. Yeah. Before we come back, but I mean, I mean, yeah, that can that can cause a pretty good effect in. Yeah, and you kind of you kind of just took the words out of my mouth because that's what I was gonna say. I think you know, I think we notice it a lot more because we're you know, in Blacksburg, we're on the, we're on the edge of the state line for North Carolina and Chesney we're on the edge of the state line in Rutherford so and Shelby and so I think that's uh that's one thing that makes it a lot more clear to us is we, we're right near the state line so it's oftentimes we travel five miles from our house and we cross the state line and all of a sudden you know you, you notice the difference in the roads yeah. just from crossing the state line and, and it shouldn't be that way I mean we should have just as good a roads as North Carolina. We should have just as good a roads as Horry County, as, as Florence County, as, as Hilton Head. And it, it seems really like such a just small thing to talk about, just like the difference in roads and states. But I mean, you know, it can cause a pretty big thing. You know, it can, our roads would be just as good as California's or New York's. Is it? Just like you were saying, you know, it's a little thing that can make a big difference. Yeah, and it should be. And like I say, I don't think, you know, a lot of people have a lot of different ideas on. on why the roads got like they were or like they are and why they are why they're not any better and why they're different in some parts of the states but at the end of the day you know we we need to put all that aside and just worry about fixing them and that's yeah. you know and they're not going to be fixed overnight and, and uh, we've yeah. let them get so bad it's gonna you know it's gonna take a lot of money and a lot of time to fix them but i see but, a lot of drivers on uh highway right next to my house and they're just swerving back and forth and like, oh these guys must be drunk, but really they're just trying to dodge all the potholes in the road. Yeah, yeah, actually, uh, when I, I picked up uh, a guy that helped my campaign named Matt Scruggs over in Chesney, and I picked him up. He's the one that, that drove the van, taking folks to the polls for us. And So when I picked him up at his house that morning to take him over to Enterprise, when we were going up his road, I mean, he, he knows exactly where all the potholes He was like, okay, when you get up here, you got to swerve to the left, swerve to... I mean, you know, <laughs> I mean, it's just... We, we, 
it's you know we we've just accepted it and it's you know we just kind of know where they are and we dodge them and that shouldn't be what we have to do we ought to have good roads to drive on so this is your false this was your false time running for office correct that's right yes right so did you ever see you know maybe you know when you were younger or anything before that did you see yourself running for office of political office at some point in your life or was this kind of a decision the last few years no honestly i didn't uh, like say just just over the last two or three or four years maybe just like say doing, doing legislative work in columbia with the ms association again you know working closely with dennis moss uh, the house 29 representative that's kind of what what made me become interested and and uh like say you know i i'd known steve moss for a long time and uh you know had, had said i would never run against steve and like say like i said earlier when he decided not to run and like I say, with the redistricting and a lot of other things, everything just seemed to line up to, to, to make sense. I mean, you know, obviously, you know, I didn't hide that I'm a Christian. I'm, I'm a deacon at my church. And so I did a lot of praying and, and, you know, it just seemed like God put everything in place and, and it, you know, it happened and you see what the outcome was. So I, I praise him for that. And I, I know that I couldn't have done that without God and, so now here we are. Yeah, that's amazing how things like that will just, you know, salt and different key factors just kind of fall into place <laughs> that lets you know that, you know, God yeah. is in with you and that. And, you know, that kind of leads up to my next question I was going to ask. Obviously, you know, your Christian beliefs were very, you know, fundamental in those days. Uh, how do you kind of apply that into uh, not just when you're running a campaign, but once you get into office and you're legislating and you're making, you know, different pieces of legislation? How do you kind of, uh, and just walking in government and public office in general, how do you kind of uh, weave those Christian beliefs in? Yeah, well, I mean, I think, first of all, you got to practice what you preach. So, I mean, you know, first, I've got to make sure that I, you know, that I keep that mindset and that, you know, that I do things based on what I, you know, what I, I, I pray about things and, I, and I, I would vote on issues as God would lead me to. And as, you know, I have a, a lot of friends and a lot of pastors that are, friends and and you know I, I plan on talking to them about things you know I've, I've just talked to my former pastor the other day he was a he was actually at the state house he's currently a the director of, of the broad river baptist association daniel godfrey's my former pastor yeah. so he and i actually were were texting the other day he was he was at the state house for the uh for the hearings they had on the abortion for the ad hoc committee that they had formed and uh so like I say, we began texting, and uh, so anytime there's, there's any kind of laws that, that you know, I mean, I, I, I vowed to stick with my Christian values. That's what I plan to do, and like I say, I, I plan to seek counsel on things, and, and you know, representing the people of District 30, I plan to, I plan to seek, seek opinions from the people of District 30. I mean, that's, that's what we're put in office to do, is represent the people of this district, so. Yeah. Um, so you just have to keep all that in mind. I think when you're, you know, when you're down in Columbia and when you're in front of people, you like I say you gotta, you gotta practice what you preach. I think that's important. A lot of people say a lot of things and then they do something different. So yeah. I just gotta, you know, always keep that in mind. When you talk about the uh, committee hearings they were having on abortion a couple of weeks ago, I, I must have missed. I know I was on vacation last week. I must have missed that. But what what are they talking about doing? Well, they had hearings on, you know, they had people speak speak on both sides of the issues. They had people speak that are for abortion, you know, stronger abortion laws. They had people 
that are for less, you know, that believe in what they call freedom. Uh, so they just, as far as I know, basically all they did is, is, is they brought these people in that wanted to speak on these issues and they just listened. I don't think they made any real decisions last week. Yeah, but, I know. Uh, they there was, uh, I, and honestly, when Daniel uh, had told me he was at the state house, I, I have an app on my phone and I pulled it up and began to watch some of it. I mean, of course, there was hours and hours and, and I didn't watch all of it, but uh, but I think they had, a, if I'm not mistaken, over 100, 100 people get up and, and talk about it. And like I say, you had people on both sides. And so as far as I know, they didn't take any action last week. It was just kind of a, okay, that we're going to bring people in and hear what people have to say about it. But, uh, when you like, yeah, that's something that's so, with right now, they, because they did that, they did that at the federal level. I was watching clips this week, both in the House and the Senate, in the U.S. Senate and the U.S. House, they were talking, and uh, that's such just like, you know, we had Ralph Norman on the show a couple months, or I guess two months ago now, and, you know, he's on one of the big committees that they were talking to him with, and he got into, you know, pretty vulnerable, uh altercation with one of the witnesses because of just, you know, how, I guess, opinionated it should be. And I guess, you know, that that's our opinion, I guess you could say. But at the same time, you know, it's such a divisive issue and it's such a, you know, a heated issue. And I just, that seems to be, you know, for someone like you and me would think, well, that should be a no-brainer. But that has just become pretty much the issue of the year, I think. Yeah, yeah, I'd agree. And like I say, with, with Roe v. Wade getting overturned, I mean, that's, that's huge. Yeah, I think yeah. that's the greatest decision the Supreme Court has issued in probably 50-plus years, honestly. Yeah, yeah, and I believe that, you know, I mean, and, and mainly what that does is it, it leaves leaves the laws in the hands of the states instead of the federal government. And, yeah. You know, I, I think that's, anytime there's less federal government, I think that's a good thing. Yeah. Oh, yeah, of course. I, 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 I'm kind of a, a little on the libertarian side of it. So I think, like, kind of leaving the federal government out of this, like, it shouldn't be just kind of, it, the state should be up to it, obviously. But I feel like everybody's kind of going nuts, like, it's just banned all abortions everywhere. There's going to be places like New York and, like, California who, it doesn't matter, they're going to have abortions either way. But there's a, there's going to be states, it just, it's it's an awesome thing that America has it where you can leave it up to the states to decide and just the people that you elect in office to decide. So I think it's just a, a great thing how we can kind of, how there's levels of government and that we can trust that they have their best interest. Yeah, and I think the Supreme Court's doing a lot of good things. Um, you know, they ruled on the uh, coach praying on the field. Um, mm -hmm. You know, yeah. he lost his job, I think, because of that. And now they've, you know, now they've came back and said, that's okay. I mean, so I think there's a lot of, a lot of good things coming. You know, I think, I think God's working in a lot of good ways, and hopefully we can, uh, if everybody works together, we can get some of these things straightened back out. You know, uh, are you optimistic, not just at the state level, but at the federal levels, you know, at the midterms this year, are you optimistic for kind of a red wave to kind of move a Republican? Yeah, I mean, I really believe that's, you know, I really believe that's going to happen. I mean, uh, you know, I, I don't. You know, there's there's a lot of things, and a lot of people have a lot of different ideas. But you know, I, it's all over. You know, and you can't believe everything you see on the news or read on the internet. But I mean, 
I just saw inflation's at a 40-year high, 9.1%. I mean, you know, when you start hurting people's pocketbooks, that's that's when people start start getting serious about, hey, what's going on? I mean, what do we need to change? Because, you know, with, with the fuel, I mean, everything that we buy, you know, that I know of, all, all goods are, are moved on a plane, train, or truck, and all three of those take fuel. So, you know, when the fuel prices go up, it affects the price of everything. Mm-hmm. And uh, like I say, I think, I think people are, are beginning to, uh, you know, I mean, with inflation at 9.1%, I mean, that's, that's 40 year high. It's, like I say, it's hurting people's pocketbooks and that's, you know, we can talk about things and argue about things, but you know, at the end of the day, when we, we have folks out here who are struggling to, to keep their lights on or to keep fuel in their car, I mean, it, you know, I think we all begin to realize real quick that, hey, we're Americans, this shouldn't be happening and, and we need to make a change. Yeah, that's what we're hoping for. I mean, people have always been struggling in that way, like just with struggling, like you said, keep your lights on, but kind of, like even two years ago before inflation was this bad, people were struggling. Now those people, I mean, imagine them now. Yeah. How hard it is, you know, having to starve, obviously just, it's Yeah, and that's, you know, there, there's people that were doing good two years ago and now they're struggling. So you yeah. know that the folks that were struggling before were struggling even worse now. And so, you know, I think, uh, I think there'll be a big swing, uh, you know. I may be wrong, but that's kind of what I, I think, and that's kind of what we're hoping for. We're, you know, we're just hoping to, like I say, to to get folks back on the right track and get the economy back going, and and like I say, to, to to get folks to be able to pay their bills and not have to worry about where their next meal comes from. The economy is just huge. I think that's something that a lot of people forget about a lot of times. You know, especially, you know, we talk about, you know, a lot of the social issues, as important as, though, as those are. I feel like, you know, I think what changes a lot of people's minds a lot of times is when it does start to halt them financially. Mm-hmm. And from a personal standpoint, like, you know, I, I talked to my mom the other day. It's like, I think a lot of people, it's almost like they don't care until it affects them personally. Okay. But if they could have taken action all oil, it wouldn't have even came to that. Like people who, you know, like some people, something that's always just kind of, you know, I never understood is people who just don't vote at all because, oh, it doesn't affect me. Yeah. Well... I haven't really heard a lot of people say that right now with the way things are going. I mean, it's affecting people. Yeah, and, and as far as voting goes, I mean, you know, and and I've probably had that attitude before that, you know, my one vote don't count, but, you know, there, there was over 3,500 people voted in the primary, and I earned second place by 14 votes. So, I mean, you know, when you have 3,500 people voting and you only, you only, you know, get ahead by 14 votes. That's 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 a small margin. So every vote does count, and I think it's important that everybody realizes that. Uh, and, and like you say, I, I agree 100%. I mean, people a lot of times they don't care what's going on until it affects them personally, and then yeah, then they become to get involved. And sometimes that's you know, it's a little too late. But but at least if they get involved then, then maybe we can make a turnaround. So. Yeah, I I'm just thinking about that. I mean. To me, inflation isn't really hurting people that make a good bit of money. A lot of money, the wealthy people, it's not really hurting them much. But if it gets on the rate that it is going and it does hurt them, yeah, then I think they'll get involved. But I think it's just I'd not. I'd say it's on people. With yeah, a lot I, mean, of money right. now. I mean, I'd say it already is. Yeah, and one thing too that a lot of people don't don't think about too is you know a lot of the a lot of these wealthy folks are business owners or or they're CEOs and and you know 
companies are, are just like people. People people get used to spending money based on how much money they make. And companies get used to spending money based on how much money they make. So, you know, when a company takes a hit and they start losing profit, they're used to making a certain amount of profit and they're used to spending that kind of money. And, you know, when they, when they start losing profit, they've got to start cutting somewhere. And unfortunately, a lot of, you know, your, your highest cost in business is your people. It's your payroll. So when you start losing profit, you have to start looking at cutting payroll. Right, and then that hurts, the, that hurts the workers. So a lot of times, a lot of people want to attack, you know, they want to attack these business owners and attack these people they call rich. But, you know, they're keeping the economy going. And like I say, when they start cutting these, these workers, that, that's the people, that's, that's your everyday people that are out here in the ditches. And, and yeah. you know, so it, it hurts them too. It don't just... Yeah. Well, I, yeah, like you were saying earlier, you know, you drop up the price of gas, people are going to charge up everything. Okay. You know, it just really affects like perfect gas and groceries are going to go up. And oh, everything before you know up. it, the price of paper is going to go up, and then just stuff that you ha the essential stuff, but then even non essential stuff is going to still have to go up because the people own these companies. I mean, you can't blame some of these people for driving up their prices. They can't afford yeah, stuff. Yeah, I mean, you know, most most companies that sell things, they have some room built in, but like I say, once it gets to a certain percentage, they they've got to they've got to start making that up somewhere. Yeah. And either the you know the two ways to do that you either spend less or you charge more. I mean that's yeah. so that 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 it really affects everybody. Uh, and you know then we have the housing market issue. That's going to be you know yeah. I, I'm not an economist, but I, I you know I I don't think that we can sustain what's going on right now. Uh, obviously, as you see, the interest rates are already going up. So yeah, um, you know that that's going to affect it some. But at some point, you know. We have to say, okay, what's going to happen if we have another another housing market issue? What, so we talk about all these issues. What is kind of the fix for this stuff? Like, like, is there, is there anything that we can like do soon to like actually make a difference? Yeah, well, you know, I think from from a state level, or you know, I think we just we have to, uh, you know, we have to be smart. And obviously, there was a, a huge surplus in South Carolina. You know, from what I understand, each household's looking at, you know, they're looking at getting back about $800 in, in a return because of a surplus. So I think we just have to be mindful of that. And, you know, we, ha we have to spend wisely, I think. That, that's the main thing is just because we have a surplus, I don't think we need to go waste a bunch of money. And, uh, you know, it's just like in business or just like, just like in our personal homes. I mean, you know, when things are good and, and things are going well and we're making money, we just have to... We have to be wise to put some of that back because we have, you know, I mean, history typically repeats itself and, you know, you, you can look back over history and it, you know, it don't stay good forever and it don't stay bad forever. So you just have to, during the good times, you have to save a little bit for the bad times. And I think that's, that's what we got to teach everybody to do. Uh, you know, I think we became, you know, kind of like. Kind of like with the supply chain issues, you know, we we had became so accustomed to getting everything, you know, with Amazon and everything else. We, you know, we want it right now and we get it right now. And, and you know, then the supply chain issues hit and, you know, now we're waiting on parts for sometimes, you know, I know parts for our ambulances sometimes will be back ordered three, four, five months. And, you know, we depend on that ambulance to be running to, to, to give people jobs and then support our business and when it's sitting up at the shop and you can't get a part for three or four months and obviously there's an issue and you begin to realize uh, 
you know that 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 really hurts it it's, it's just a big it's just a big circle what you take on all this like climate stuff that's happening right now when people are getting all upset about different climate issues and so you know whether it be you know cutting back on so much of this stuff or not using uh, fossil fuels or flacking or anything like that what's your take on any of that yeah yeah I mean you know we got to protect the environment obviously but uh you know we have to be smart about about what we're doing also you know it's just you know there's a lot of talk about the pipeline and, and a lot of people think that's why fuel has increased so like I say you gotta I think we just have to you know we have to be smart and we have to do our homework on things like that we uh you know you have to a lot of times sometimes you just have to to weigh reward versus risk and risk versus reward and you just have to be smart on some of that so whenever you get to these you know when you're campaigning and like you know as you're you know wanting to kind of you know get more involved and you know I saw you well at the splash pad and or the firewall or not the, the 4th of July stuff that they had and all that how is that kind of getting uh, you know you've lived in Cherokee County for a while almost two decades now yes so when you have especially on this side of the river on Blacksburg what is it like kind of getting familiar with the community with the people you know making sure you're building relationships there stuff like that yeah yeah so I mean every, you know I think it it wasn't a secret just just like you know where I live Blacksburg is kind of the furthest point just like the Blacksburg candidate where I live is the further was the furthest point for him so you know I, I didn't know as many people in Blacksburg he didn't know me as, as many people in Chesney that's just the way it is um, but yeah I mean obviously Blacksburg is an important part of this district um, you know, as we all know, Steve, the Steve Moss, the current rep, is from Blacksburg, um, and Blacksburg represents a big part of District 30. So, um, you know, living on my end in, in in the Chesney part of Cherokee County, I'm, you know, obviously familiar with a lot of folks there, and, and even through Gaffney and Grassy Pond, I've, I've worked in Gaffney for the last 20 years, and. Uh, so Blacksburg was the place that, that, you know, I was least familiar with and knew the least people. So, uh, you know, I know it's very important uh, to get over here. Uh, you know, the last the last two weeks during that runoff, you know, Blacksburg probably where I worked the hardest. I was over here the, the day of the election until about five o'clock. So yeah. I think we went to lunch that day maybe. Yeah, but, we did. So, you know, I realized that Blacksburg is important and it's an important part of this district. And, uh, you know, I've, I've I came to the, that that event you were talking about. I went to the town council meeting that they had, the special meeting. Mm -hmm. uh, I was actually going last week, and they rescheduled. I think yeah, for this coming next week. week it'll be next Tuesday. So uh, you know, I plan to try to go to that, and and I just plan to, to to be a part of the community over here, and and to make sure that the people in Blacksburg know that that I'm a voice for District 30, not just for Chesney, or not just for Mayo or Grassy Pond or or Macedonia or Cherokee Creek, but. You know, I'm going to be a voice for the for the entire district, including Blacksburg. And you know, I realize this is a big part of the district, and that you know, like say that Steve Moss is from Blacksburg, y'all. I guess Blacksburg's kind of somewhat held the seat uh, for about 18 years or so. And and uh, you know, I know there was a lot of concern about that, but you know, I, I promised early on that I would I would be over here, and I wouldn't I wouldn't forget about Blacksburg. Uh, I go to Danny's once a week to eat breakfast. Uh, I have so far. I mean, you know, when I get to Columbia and start going down there three days a week, you know, it might be a little more difficult. But uh, but I plan to 
you know, I plan to be involved in Blacksburg and be seen in Blacksburg and to, like I say, I, I know that it, it plays a big part of District 30 and I'm, I'm not going to forget that. And, uh, I've actually, uh, when I was at Danny's Thursday, I think it was Thursday morning or Wednesday morning one, uh, Tracy McDaniel, who is the Blacksburg representative for the county council, uh, he and I actually talked for about 30 minutes and he shared some ideas that he had. Uh, some things he would like to see over here and actually when I met with Senator Peeler yesterday I've already mentioned that to him and I've already called Representative Moss and Dennis Moss and so we've already talked about some of those things and, and those are things that we'll have to they'll probably be joint projects with the state and the county and maybe the town of Blacksburg so uh, so I think there's a lot of exciting things going on and, and like I say I, I'm I'm gonna be a part of Blacksburg for the next two years so uh, and hopefully more. <laughs> yeah, and hopefully more than that. But like I say, that's a, you know I do realize this is a, this is a big part of District 30, and and sometimes I think you know things have happened, and and, and Blacksburg's kind of gotten left out. I understand that. Uh, so I definitely want to want to make sure that everybody knows that. Like I say, I continue. I plan to continue to be a part over here. And, and if there's any issues that anybody has, that you know, I'm, I, I've gave out thousands of cards and every one of them have my cell phone number on it and I've had that number for about 20 years and don't plan on changing it so um, I just encourage anybody like say if there's any way I can help anybody or anybody has any ideas just to reach out and I, I'm very accessible um, I mean I think I've kind of shown most people that so you won 48 I didn't realize this till after the election you won 48 percent of the vote in sport bulk. why do you think that happened because there was so much you know and again there was a lot of you know tension about when you know where you know, you live or where you're from or, you know, different towns in the district. But the way I look at it is it's all the same district. Yeah. So it's like when you're in uh, Columbia, it's not like you're looking at it through individual towns. You're looking at it, it's like district authority kind of becomes its own town. Yeah. So, but you did win 48, I didn't realize this till last week, but you won 48% of the vote in sport ball. Why do you think that happened? Well, I know a lot of folks over there. Like I say, I'm on the board for the, you know, the youth association in Chasing. I've coached for about five or six years. And, and like I say, I do live in Cherokee, but I do live close to the line there. So I, I just know a lot of people over there. And that's, that was part of when I talked earlier about things that lined up, you know, I mentioned that redistricting and I knew, you know, or I didn't know, but I felt very confident that I would do well in those two precincts. But, you know, looking at the whole picture and a lot of people know and a lot of people don't, but there there's, and I didn't know this before, but they're, they're, with the new redistricting, there's now 20 boxes in, in District 30. 18 of those are in Cherokee County, two of those are in Spartanburg. Um, so, you know, Spartanburg County is a, you know, and and I will say that this, the Spartanburg County vote, you know, really is probably what boosted me to, to the second spot in the primary. Um, you know, in, in the runoff, I won 17 out of 20 boxes and the three that I lost I lost by a total of 17 votes, I think. So, you know, I did very well in the runoff. But I do think that that Spartanburg County played a, a huge part in, in getting me to the runoff. Uh, like I say, once once I made the runoff, I, I did well pretty much everywhere. So um, I did I did win all five boxes in Blacksburg. A couple of them were pretty big margins, and a couple of them were just by a few votes. But, uh, you know, and I think that shows that, that maybe Hopefully the people of Blacksburg saw that, that, you know, I was serious about about including Blacksburg and everything I do, you know, and that I know that it's a big part of District 3. Yeah. 
Well, that's great. So, you know, one thing that uh, we're both very you know, passionate about and outspoken about on here is, uh, you know, what we want to do for, like, different careers and stuff like that and kind of moving forward with that. And I know I've been, you know, very open with you about, you know, about me wanting to take a career in politics and things like that. Um, if you could just spend a little bit of time kind of, you know, what would be maybe your advice to me or someone else that's wanting to run for office one day and, you know, get involved in politics? Yeah, I mean, I'd just say, you know, just just get involved. I mean, that's the main thing and, and just learn as much as you can. Um, like I was sharing with you earlier, you know, everything in, in the House and the Senate, uh, you can go online to the, to the website or I actually have an app where I do everything, but I, I've had that app for a couple of years once, once I got interested. Uh, I found the app, and it's a free app, and it tells every time the Senate or the House goes into session or comes out of session, I get a message. So I kind of, a lot of people are like, well, how do you know what the schedule is? I'm like, because I've been following it for three years <laughs> for an hour or four. So, I mean, I think a lot of that's important. And, uh, you know, coming to Columbia as much as you can. And, and you know, I'm not I'm not 100% familiar with how much, you know, how often we can have guests. But, you know, any time that we can, I'm willing for, you know, I'm willing to let anybody come down and see how everything works and, you know, get involved as much as you want to be. Uh, you know, and I think we've had this conversation, but I just wanted to reiterate, you know, I mean, it's 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 inspiring to me to see people that at y'all's age doing stuff like this. I mean, that's, I just think that's awesome. I mean, you know, a lot of kids these days, uh, you know, unfortunately, are younger people. I shouldn't say kids, but a lot of younger people just, they don't get involved and they just, you know, I, maybe they don't know or they just don't care. I don't know, but it's, uh, it is inspiring to see, to see young folks that are interested and, and, you know, I mean, young people are the future. Uh, you know, some of the folks in Columbia now won't be there much longer and, you know, at my age, I won't be there forever either. Uh, so, yeah, you know, right. you, you definitely want to have, you know, make sure you have good people who know what's going on and who stay informed and, you want to make sure that you have those folks coming behind you. Yeah, definitely. I think that's one thing that, you know, and part of our, you know, mission here is kind of making sure that we provide, you know, maybe an outlet for a lot of people that maybe express their opinions or, you know, maybe they, maybe they, like you said, they don't know, but maybe they listen to our podcast, listen to our interview with you, listen to our interview with other people, maybe get better informed, get uh, information, inspiration, you know, whatever it is, kind of. Not just on politics, but on different things. You know, we cover you know a lot of uh, theology and religion kind of stuff. You know, we cover music, sports, you know, all kinds of stuff. So I think that's what we're really about is kind of getting specifically young people. You know, people all ages listen to our show, but I think specifically young people is kind of our targeted margin. A lot of things. What do you say? Yeah, I mean, I feel like one thing that I I love is that. Really, everybody should get involved at about our age. You know, maybe even a little less than that. Just making sure because we are the future. We are the people that's going to be in your spot and years to come. And knowing about that and understanding our views and our opinions and uh, having a standpoint that is just so important. And so, just like productive, it can help society in a huge way. But I mean, just like making sure that we know about what's going on, knowing uh, what problem, if the problem's gonna hurt us, you know, just like understanding things 
on a different level than just what you hear from your mom and dad are on the news. Yeah, yeah, I mean, I, I definitely think you're right. And, I, and speaking of young people, I, I actually got a call one day this, this week from a guy in Spartanburg. They're starting up the Young Republicans group again. And so I was talking to him and, and was excited about helping any way I can and getting involved. And then he told me it was 20 to 40, and I realized I wasn't young anymore, so it kind of hurt my feelings. But <laughs> just joking. But anyway, so that's, you know, they're starting that over in Spartanburg. I'm not sure if Cherokee has a group like that, or, you know, that may be something, if they something you guys could look at. And, yeah. and like I say, I, you know, you have to, you know, I don't really, I guess I don't consider myself old, but, but when I was younger, I would consider my age old. So. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I you know, I, I really wish I would have got involved a lot when I was younger, like like you guys are, and and like I say, I th I think it's it's totally awesome that y'all doing this and that y'all involved. And there's there's some other folks, you know, Josh, helped me over here in Blacksburg, and uh, yeah, I'm just gonna pick him up. Yeah, I'm gonna I think speak with a group up at Gardner Webb sometime. That he's he's the president of the organization up there. Yeah, totally. Uh, so I'm gonna, like I say, I'm gonna go speak with with them, and and you know I, I you know I'm definitely the, I'm new to this, but any anything I can help anybody, you know, whether they're younger or older, but you know especially getting younger folks interested in politics, I, you know I'm excited to do that because, like I say, looking back, I, I kind of wished I would have got involved a little earlier, but yeah. Josh, you know I'm, I'm glad you brought him. You know he was gonna be here, but he had a concert he was going to tonight, yeah. but um. You know, just, you know, me and him have become pretty good friends in the last few weeks, and uh, just one thing that I really enjoy about our conversations, we both kind of have, specifically in Blacksville, because we're both from Blacksville, both involved in different things, but it's like, you know, we, we both, you know, want to run for office, at least here in Blacksville, you know, sometime in the really not so distant future, and, you know, kind of scoping out, you know, the area for that, you know, what salt and programs we need to be involved with but I think honestly it's about a vision you know what I'm saying we have a, a vision for Blacksville and you know Blacksville not just Blacksville but kind of Cherokee County in general I think you might be able to vouch for this it's kind of had a reputation of just being average or subpar in a couple different not just the people but you know, just like from like a community standpoint so I think it's kind of changing that narrative and you know thinking okay in Blacksville from, this is from a local standpoint like council and mayorality and stuff like that it's like I don't know if that's a word mayorality and the mayor but having different you know visions and just kind of creating a better black smoke in the community in the next say 10 years in the next 20 years and really taking black smoke up that next step whether it be you know fixing something you know something like fixing the roads which you hear talking about all over the state but also you know promoting small businesses uh, promoting you know better education I think is one thing that is a big part of it, but also uh, getting help for like, you know, we have a big mental health problem in Blacksville, and you know, that's something that we'll, you know, be dedicated and fixing. But I think just is changing the stigma for a lot of things. Yeah, yeah, and, and speaking of the mental health problem, I mean, that, that's all over the state, really all over the country, but, um, you know, there, there has to be on the mental health side, we have to put some money into that, and you know, just like I've said during the campaign, you know, I, I mean, the, the ultimate goal would be to, to have a, you know, we talked about school safety and, and having resource officers, and I think we need a resource officer in every school, and I think the funding has been provided to try to make that happen. Um, but, you know, just speaking of mental health, I'm, uh, 
you know, it would be, I'd love to see a, a mental health counselor in every school. Uh, and you know, we've talked about this. I mean, children, children today, and even even people y'all's age. I mean, y'all y'all are faced with way different things than we were when we were your age. Uh, and and like I say, the help. You know, we used to have the mental health institute down in Columbia. You know, that's been closed. Uh, it, it seems like when people want help, you can't get them help. And, you know, uh, from what I've seen, I mean, you know, we've talked about this during some of the forums. But uh, you know, when somebody has has some issues and, and they want help then you know you you have a real short window on getting them help and unfortunately right now you know you can't you can't get people help quick uh, and we got to fix that i mean that's that that's a lot of our problems we're, we're having too many too many teenagers and too many youth and, and even adults you know that, that commit suicide or, or they you know have mental breakdowns and do things that they wouldn't normally do so i mean you know we've, we've got to address that you know from a state level and a local level i think and, and talking about blacksburg and the vision I'm, I'm, you know i think cherokee county did a vision plan a few years ago with a lot of good things in there but that's uh but you know blacksburg you know i think about you know i think about some of these other towns that that like their downtown area i mean you know blacksburg has you know they there's a good downtown here now, but I think there's room for improvement. You know, we could get other businesses in, even downtown Gaffney. I mean, you know, they've, they've done a lot of things. And you got folks like, uh, I personally know Darren Mason. He's he's bought a lot of that property and tried to, uh, you know, market a lot of that downtown area. And I, I, there's others that I'm not naming. I just know Darren personally and know kind of what he's doing. I know his story, uh, but, but, you know, even downtown Chesney, but I, you know, I don't know if y'all, I'm sure y'all been to, to towns like Landrum and some of those towns. I mean, those, those towns are thriving and, and you know, and I think we could, we could easily do that right here in Blacksburg and Gaffney and Chesney and, and all those places. Uh, but I think that's, a, that's an important part. And obviously, you know, we talked about this during the forum, but Blacksburg being right here on the North Carolina line, I mean, there's a lot of growth with the casino and some other things that are you know, it's gonna it's gonna push growth this way, and I just think we have to be smart. And like I say, like the the infrastructure, like we talked about. I mean, you know, you need to have that in place before the growth happens. And sometimes we, uh, sometimes I think we put the cart ahead of the horse. But yeah. Anyway, we just got to make sure that uh, you know, I think if things are done right, it's gonna Blacksburg's gonna really really grow, and, and Gaffney and Cherokee County. I mean, the whole the whole county is gonna grow. Um, you know, I mean, just look at look at the houses they're building. And, you know, that's that's just going to bring more people in. I'm just like I say, I I think we need to make sure we we have the infrastructure in place and, and we can handle it. and Everything will be good. Yeah, and you know, state. You know, a lot of this is just state issues too. So like, you know, you look around. You know, a lot of times Blacksville, when they talk about you know making improvements, they can't compare it to cities. Whether it be Charlotte or Greenville or Sportball. I think Greenville and Sportball, I think, you know, they do have a couple issues, but I think they have a, you know, I know, you know, with Sportball being, or some of Sportball being part of District 3, I think, you know, we can kind of see there where they are making some, I think they're having some success there. But uh, also just, you know, like small towns about what we can do to make it better. And uh, I think that's where a lot of it comes into it. But also like, you know, small businesses, things like that. Also, one question: Is there any kind of like mental health committee in the House or Senate or anything like that? Do they have any kind of that? 
Not that I know of. I mean, there's a medical committee, but not. I know the Senate has medical affairs and the House has committees, but I don't, I don't think there is a committee to specifically address mental health. Might not be a bad idea. Um, you know, obviously we have, a, we have a mental health department within the state, but, uh, and, and yeah, like I say, that, that's a really big issue. I mean, that's, yeah. you know, that, that's, when I picked my platform, you know, I had first responders and, and, and roads and education and, uh, but you know, when you're picking a platform, you can't, you can't really list everything you want to list because, you know, you'd have to have six cards instead of one to put it on. But, uh, but, uh, you know, mental health is a big one. I mean, you know, there's people don't like to talk about it, but I mean, you know, uh, you know, overdoses is a big deal in this state. You know, we, I've been a paramedic for 22 years and, and 22 years or even 20 or even 15 or maybe even 10 years ago, I would have never imagined that we would be putting Narcan in cop cars. I mean, that's, you know, that's the drug that reverses some of the overdoses. And, and I mean, you know, that's, that's kind of where we're at now. And we, you know, I, I hear stories all the time of people that, you know, that, that these folks go out to and it's the same person and they, you know, they may overdose four or five, six times. And then, you know, so they're, they're, that's another big issue that, that, and there's some things that have been done in other counties. I, I know personally, uh, Bowers, uh, ambulance service over in Pickens County. Uh, they, they started a program with the county where, because they, they do mostly non-emergency and, and Pickens has an EMS system. And, uh, but, but when they have an overdose, they actually send, uh, Bowers send someone out and uh, they actually stay in touch with that person for a few days and they, they send mental health counselors out to them and they've, they've had a real, they've been real successful with that program over in Pickens County. So, I mean, I think that's, you know, something we can look at and, and, you know, maybe some of the other counties ought to start looking at something like that. They, uh, they've had a lot of success. So there, there's a lot of things we can do and a lot of ideas that are already out there. We don't have to really reinvent the wheel, but we just have to kind of get on board and get everybody on board with, with some of that. We only have a little bit of time left. So before we, before we, uh, before we end it, I want to play a little game real quick. So let's just say, you know, you get in there, you know, people are really happy with what you do. You know, you get a really get a good name for yourself in the state house. Could you ever see yourself in your lifetime, maybe wanting for taking that the step up the knots and wanting for another office or anything? Well, I mean, you know, I don't ever say never on anything, but that's that's really not you know that's not in my plan right now. I mean, I think you know my plan is to go down there and do a good job and and hopefully get reelected again to the house. And you know, this is kind of like. Like with things lined up for this, and I prayed about it, and I'm, you know, and I think God had His hand in it. And like I say, I think, you know, I don't think anybody would only disagree with that after after the runoff. But uh, but yeah, I mean, I, you know, I never say never, but that's that's not really. I mean, my goal is not to be the governor or the senator or anything like that. Obviously, you know, Senator Peeler's been been there for a long time, and, and you know, he's now the Senate Finance Chairman, uh, which is a big position, and, and uh, you know. He's been everything. He's been I a majority think, uh, leader, the president, everything. Yeah, yeah, he's been, you know, and, and he does a good job. Oh, yeah, yeah. He's, he's done a great job of getting money back. I think he's the one that kind of headed up the the uh, the budget on getting people the $800 I was talking about earlier to give him money, you know, money back because we had a surplus. So, I mean, obviously he's done a great job. And, you know, like I say, that's that's not really, my, you know, I never say never, but that's not my plan to, to run for anything else anytime soon. Yeah. Uh, but you know, 
just just like with this, like I said, you know, if I feel like God's leading me to do something different, I'll, I'll do something different. So, but that's that's definitely not my plan. Right. I mean, you know, I think, yeah. and you know, a lot of people have different ideas about the house and the Senate. And I mean, obviously, there's you know, in, in the house, there's more house members. There's there's 124 house members, 46 senators. So, um, but yeah, I mean, it, it takes both of those bodies working together to make things happen. The Senate can't do it alone, and the House can't do it alone. So, you know, I don't really. I don't guess I really view that as being a, I mean, I view, view it as being part of the same body and, and to make laws. I mean, that's because it takes both of them to make it happen. It's a lot of So that's kind of, but you know, I'm not planning on, like I say, it's not my plan to do anything different. I felt like I was kind of called to this seat and that's what I plan on focusing on. And you know, like I say, if, if God leads me to, to other things, then that's, that's what I'm going to do. So That's great. Yeah. Uh, Daniel, you got anything to add and you want to? We can wrap up and ask him about, you know, for the podcast advice, anything or you want to... Yeah, I'll be in. Uh, I've been the last question is going forward for us, uh, any advice for us on the podcast, anything new different in the podcast or anything you enjoyed about it, just any kind of advice for us? Um, yeah, no, I mean, I just say keep doing what y'all doing. Like I say, I'm, I'm really impressed when, uh, you know, to find out when I, when I first got a call about doing the candidate forum, I mean, obviously we... I've participated in about six, I think, between Spartanburg and Cherokee. Uh, you know, a lot of the candidates didn't make a lot of them, but I made all of them. And uh, so anyway, I mean, I, you know, so when I, they asked me about doing the podcast, I was like, or the forum, I was like, sure. And then I find out it's a podcast. And then I find out how old y'all are. I'm like, man, that's that's really surprising. But like I say, you know, I've said it a hundred times, and I'm, I'm saying it sincerely, not just because I'm sitting here with you, but, you know, I just I think y'all doing an awesome job. And I just say, hey, keep doing what you're doing. And like I say, try you know try to learn as much as you can. And anytime that y'all want to go to Columbia, that I can take you, y'all more than welcome to come. And yeah, be great. So and yeah, anytime you know, anytime y'all want me back here, I'll, I'll make it work. You know. Yeah. yeah of course, we really appreciate that. Uh, yeah, thank you. Yeah, uh, thank, thank you. Thank you guys for listening. Uh, it'll be out Monday, and uh, it will. See All you right. next week. Thank you. All right. Thank you. We would like to thank Wildfire Cafe for sponsoring us, uh, 113 North Shelby Street. Uh, they sell books, smoothies, ice cream, and coffee. Um, also, Anchor FM. Couldn't make it easier uh, to record and distribute your podcast. If you're thinking about starting a podcast, uh, go to Anchor today. Uh, also, uh, Stop and Shine, uh, car washing business, power washing. If you need any kind of power washing, wash your house. Uh, visit them. Thank you to them. And Sweet Peach Boutique SC. Uh, we want to thank them for sponsoring us, a boutique uh, on West Wicker Boulevard. West Floyd Baker Boulevard, thank you to them for sponsoring us. Some clothes, shoes, little trinkets if you need any. And uh, yeah, thank you guys for watching. <laughs>